what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Good Iron Fantasy Football Podcast for Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. And I am Chip, and I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. And if you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Good Iron Fantasy Football. So please do me a favor, hit subscribe, support the show, and so you don't miss any more episodes. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to start a offense with a tight end position. But before we get into that, let's talk about some of the news that took place on Monday. Now, we're going to start off with the Aaron Rodgers news because this continues to, you know, there's continues to be smoke with this whole entire situation with Aaron Rodgers. And it, it, it keeps to be reported that Denver is a legitimate landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. It happened when... The draft was here a few weeks ago that they had a lot of, you know, a lot of compensation they could have given to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, but it didn't happen during the draft. So that's yet to determine if it's going to still happen, but it seems like there's just this growing development that Aaron Rodgers is obviously not wanting to come back to Green Bay. There's just this beef between him and the GM. So who knows, but it's one of those things where another report came out on Monday saying that the GM of the Green Bay Packers said that Jordan Love, the first-round draft pick from last year, is nowhere close to being ready to play. He's still in that early in his development. And my question is, like, why even draft somebody? Usually when you draft the first-round draft pick who's a quarterback, now they overshot for Jordan Love. But, like, it doesn't make any sense on if you thought that Jordan Love was so far away from actually playing, why do you even draft him and piss off Aaron Rodgers? So it makes no sense to me. I don't understand if something happens where Aaron Rodgers decides to decides to sit out for the season or he gets traded. The Packers are screwed. Like it, it screws up from a fancy standpoint. It screws up Devontae Adams. Uh, could potentially just, you know screw up Aaron Jones. But like from a Green Bay Packers as a team, NFL team, who we have no idea how good Jordan Love is. There's no tape on him. There's no because of COVID last year. There's no way to really know how he's developing and if he's improving or not. But it just seems like this story continues to get crazier and crazier. And then on Tuesday, um, they came out and said that there's, you know, they try to give Aaron Rodgers a, a significant long-term contract extension. And I think they're just trying to patch up anything that's going to keep him in, in Green Bay. But for right now, it seems like Aaron Aaron Rodgers is pretty adamant that he doesn't want to play in Green Bay anymore. And more stories came out that he told free agents that he wasn't going to come back in 2021. So, I don't know what's going on. I just don't understand the situation because this is the same situation that Brett Favre was in when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, you know, when he got drafted. So Brett Favre dealt with it and it took four years for Aaron Rodgers to to start. They pushed out Brett Favre and it, the, the situation is a little different here because they want Aaron Rodgers to stay on the team, but they drafted Jordan Love to be the person that takes over after Aaron Rodgers is, you know, retired. So I don't understand the reasoning. Maybe there's some logistical reasons why Aaron Rodgers is mad about it. But the same thing happened with Tampa Bay in the draft. They they uh, drafted uh, Kyle Trask from Florida um, with their their second round pick. And But I think the difference is they told Tom Brady that you can play as long as you want to play in Tampa, but we're going to draft somebody. We're going to develop somebody just in case. So like maybe it's just the communication between the team and the player. And that's why Aaron Rodgers is, is a little bit pissed off. But I don't know. I think every smart team needs to develop somebody behind their starter, especially when they're an age like Aaron Rodgers. He's 37, you know, so I think it made sense. But um, it just I think there's more to it that we just don't know. And it's 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 coming fascinating to see exactly 
where he ends up if he's gonna you know play in you know in in Denver or he doesn't play at all. But still very interesting uh, to me. And then another big story that came out on Monday is the Jacksonville Jaguars plan to sign Tim Tebow to a one year contract. Now we it's very interesting to see this happen because Tim Tebow, I think that he is a very gifted athlete. And when he came into the league, look, the Denver Broncos drafted him with the first round pick. Josh McDaniels was the court or was the, the head coach when they drafted Tim Tebow. They thought he was warranted of a first round pick. But as you saw him play more quarter, you know, NFL quarterback, you know, when he, sorry, when he started playing more as an NFL quarterback, you saw more of his flaws. He wasn't developing. He wasn't progressing. But then now you look at if he had switched to a tight end position, which they wanted him to do all along, Tim Tebow could still be in the league as of today. But he took this long, you know, he wanted to stay as a quarterback. He felt like he was a quarterback. He didn't want to switch positions. He got pushed out of the league. Then he went to go play baseball. And then now, they're bringing him back as a as a tight end, and I, it's it's one of those you know catch twenty twos. I think that a lot of people are, are mad about the fact that certain players are not into the league anymore that got pushed out of the league. Which you know I understand like there's the Colin Kaepernick's and people that got pushed out of the league that are talented enough and should be in the league. But I think the difference is that Tim Tebow is playing for a court or a coach that he played for in college, but also he's switching positions. He's not going to be anywhere close to competing with Trevor Lawrence. So. I don't know. I think there's the there's you can argue both sides of the coin there, but um, just interesting to see somebody like Tim Tebow, who's 33 years old, come in and try to make an NFL roster as a tight end. And who knows what he looks like athletically? Who knows if he's fluent with his movements? Who knows how he is with running routes? I mean, you got to think he's older than Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey, so it's one of those things where it's the wait and see process. But going on to the Colts. Uh, the Colts signed Eric Fisher to a one-year deal worth $9.4 million. And now they obviously is good for them to get a left tackle that's a, a you know a pro bowler and everything. But he's still coming off an Achilles injury, which Ian Rappaport of NFL Network said that he won't play until October, which all, all the patients I've seen with Achilles ruptures, this is typical. It usually takes a calendar year for the player to, to get back to full strength. But um, as of right now, it's a good signing, but it's a signing that you won't be able to see until you know, October. So um, moving on to the Falcons. Uh, so the running backs coach Desmond Kitchen said that when it comes to the running back room, it's a wide, you know, the door is wide open for any running back to start. And obviously they signed Mike Davis from Carolina. So if the person in that running back room who will be probably the starter for the Falcons will be Mike Davis. Now you got to think they have 364 carries unaccounted for for this year. So I think, and what's that leads the league. So I think that Whoever gets the starting role for the Atlanta Falcons, which we're assuming is Mike Davis, I think is a very good sleeper for this year because when it comes to running back, when it comes to fancy running backs, you want to make sure you have somebody who has the opportunity to do well because of having carries and everything like that. So I think this is good news for you know Mike Davis because he's the most talented running back on that on that roster. So I think that that's a name that you should probably want to um, highlight as a as a sleeper this year. And then this is kind of crazy, though, like um, I mean, you saw this on Sunday, but DK Metcalf, he ran in a Olympic the Olympic trials for uh, the Olympics this year. And he he didn't qualify. He came in ninth place, but he ran a 10.36 time. So, I mean, it's it's crazy for a guy who's that size to to run that fast. And at least he didn't, he didn't come in last. I mean, but 
Um, it's one of those things where, unless, unless ninth was the last place, I didn't check how many, if there was 10 runners or not. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, this is a guy who's a massive human being who shouldn't be able to move like that, going against guys who train for being a track athlete every single day. And he's a, you know, he trains as an NFL athlete, as, you know, obviously. But um, I don't know, there's one of those things where it's just, it's crazy to see. I'm sure that if he continues to practice that and, and train, he'll be able to at least qualify because he didn't, I think the qualification is like 10.06 seconds and he was 10.36 seconds. So he wasn't, you know, too far off. So I think like he'll work at it and still get there. But um, that's the NFL news as of right now, as of Tuesday. Um, and then I'm gonna move on to some of the things that I felt, I saw some interesting things over the weekend. And I think the one thing is too, is that I, I know that we had the draft a few weeks ago. And I think a lot of the things that um, I don't understand is when a lot of people put so much time and effort and giving out NFL draft grades, post draft grades. Like, I just don't understand why I put up so much time. I understand like from a fantasy football standpoint, where there's a player that's going to be significant in fantasy and why certain locations will, you know, increase his draft stock or decrease it. But I don't understand when they put so much effort in putting draft grades on every single team when we have no idea what the hell is going on with these teams and these players. Like there's so many first round picks that are going to be bust. There's going to be so many fifth round picks that are going to be all pros and Super Bowl winners. Like I, I understand it's it's for it's for information. It's it's you know people figuring out exactly how a team improved and all that stuff. I get all that, but I always look at the draft grades. I never pay attention to any of this stuff because how they're going to know how Kyle Trask does for the Tampa Bay Bucks, who, how he's going to do, you know, when he may not play for three or four years and, and grade that. Or someone like Trey Lance, for instance, like he's he probably won't start right away, but they're going to, because of how talented he is and the potential of him, they're going to give the 49ers a good draft grade because of that. I just... I don't know. I don't get it. I think it's a waste of time, but that's my own perspective. Maybe that's just a, a adverse opinion, but I just don't get it. And then when it comes to actually a graphic I saw on, I think it was on Sunday, where they put a graphic for the Ohio State Buckeyes, and I didn't realize that they never had a Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFL. And all the talented like quarterbacks they had in that school, and not to realize they had no starting quarterback you know, from the, the Ohio State Buckeyes that played in the NFL and did anything. So and then you combine that with the Bears, who have never developed a franchise quarterback, and Ohio State Buckeyes, who never had a Pro Bowl quarterback. It seems like is he going to be the the anomaly of Ohio State, you know, quarterbacks? Because it's almost like you look at what happened with like the Oregon Ducks. Like the Oregon Ducks always have talented players, but then you look at who's really come from Oregon and actually did well in the NFL. And the only person I can think of was Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts was a hall. He's a hall of fame quarterback, but you look at like Joey Harrington, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the PAC 12 and in the whole college football ranks. And he did nothing in the NFL, you know, Marcus Mariota, he he's talented, but he didn't, the potential there just wasn't what we expected for a number two overall pick. But, um, but we look at Justin Herbert. So Justin Herbert is the anomaly, right? So he comes in with the San Diego or the Los Angeles Chargers, and he has a great rookie season. He looks like he's here for the long haul. He looks like a superstar. So um, I guess there's potential there. There's a potential if 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 Justin Fields can be the Justin Herbert of this year, and those two can develop as the anomalies of their teams that they came from in college and be stars in the NFL. I mean, that's gonna be great. But um, it just it was just interesting to see that graphic on Ohio State Buckeyes. And, the, and their history of quarterbacks going into the NFL and how much they succeed. But with that being the case, uh, let's go ahead and move on to 
the top, you know, the top tight ends of this year. Um, and then we've been doing this series for a few weeks now and how they, how they started, how they finished. And what I usually do is I go through what the average draft position was for the top 12 tight ends and compare that to who ended the season in the top 12. And tight end is welcome to the most volatile position in fantasy football. It's the hardest one to, to judge. We know we have the Travis Kelsey's and the George Kittles and all that stuff and the Darren Wallers, but you know, it's very hard to determine year in, year in and year out. If you don't get one of those top two or three guys, it's a crapshoot. So, I mean, based on the average draft position from last season, right, we have Travis Kelsey was, the, obviously, he was the number one tight end off the board. He's generally a second-round pick based on your your league size and all that stuff. And you had George Kittle second. Mark Ang- Andrews was third. Zach Ertz was fourth. Darren Waller was five. Rob Gronkowski was six. Evan Ingram was seven. Hayden Hurst was 8, Tyler Higby was 9, Hunter Henry was 10, Jared Cook was 11, and then Noah Fant was 12th. And honestly, like, there's a couple guys in here that I, I was, Rob Gronkowski seemed to be a little on the high side. I think he was overdrafted. But you look at how he finished, it 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 wasn't, hindsight is 2020. Um, but Tyler Higby was one guy that I, I chose last year as a sleeper um, based on opportunity, and it just didn't end up that way. Uh, Jared Cook, he, was, he wasn't he was very good last year. But looking at how they finished, you know, Travis Kelsey was the number one tight end. He finished as the number one tight end. I mean, the guy was a monster. I mean, he had 312 PPR points. I mean, if you look at how much, like, the first, Travis Kelsey had 312 PPR points, and then the Hunter Henry was... Still a tight end one, he had 145.3. So a massive difference between having a top tight end and having a lower end tight end. But obviously, when you get somebody like Travis Kelsey in your draft, you're paying you're paying a premium for him. But also, that means you're not having a, another running back or another wide receiver. So um, it depends on how you want you you're able to structure your draft. You're able to make good trades, um, picking up free agents, all that stuff. But um, it's just one of those things where if you look if you listen to the rest of the list of who is in the top 12. These are names that you never expected. I mean, Darren Waller, he was second. Logan Thomas was third, which he was a guy that kind of blew up last year and kind of was an under-the-radar guy. Uh, Robert Tunyon from the Green Bay Packers, massive season from him. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, he had, a, he had a good season. Mark Andrews was sixth. Mike Jasicki was seventh. Rob Gronkowski was eighth, so he was drafted the sixth overall tight. He, he, I mean, he finished the season in the, t- in, in the eighth position. Noah Fant was ninth. Hayden Hurst was 10th. Dalton Schultz was the tight end that... So Blake Jarwin was the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. He got injured. So Dalton Schultz was the one who replaced him. He ended up being 11. And then Hunter Henry was 12th. So if you look at that, I mean, that's... I mean, Travis Kelsey had 105, 145 targets, 105 receptions for 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, that's crazy for a tight end. But he is he is the best tight end in the league. And I know there's a one name that you probably don't you didn't hear, and that's George Kittle. But George Kittle, he ended up the end up this in the season at 19th, and he only had eight games that he played, so he was injured for majority of the season. But if you look at what you know, who was drafted, you know, based on their average draft position last year compared to how they finished, I mean, it was a crapshoot. I mean, tight end was garbage last year, unless you had Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. But um, it's a lot of names that will be you know top tight ends this year that will be drafted. Like every year has happened, so you'll see Logan Thomas being a top tight end taken, you know, behind the, the main guys. Then you'll have like Robert Tunyon. Now, Robert Tunyon, you know, he had 11 touchdowns. He, he was second in the league behind Travis Kelsey. But here's the difference. I mean, he had 52 receptions for 586 yards. So, 
even though he had the same amount of touchdowns as Travis Kelsey, just still, I mean, he was volatile at times. There's, you know, it was just one of those things where that's how the tight end position is. Um, it really makes your roster a lot better when you have someone consistent that you can plug in there. But like I said, it's taken away from another position that you may not be as strong as. So and it all depends on how good you're, you know, how good you are with drafting. So you can, you can get by with the Travis Kelsey. And if you're somebody who was able to draft Justin Jefferson and you had like a, a Tyreek Hill or someone else on your roster that was a top receiver, you made out pretty well and your team was probably pretty solid. But uh, it's one of those things where tight end, he's, that's one of the positions that I just pay in my auction league. I try to pay a dollar or two for. I don't go high after tight ends. You know, I think I had Hayden Hurst last year for a little bit. Um, and then I, I was able to get Noah Fant. So I would swap the two out based on matchups. But um, yeah, it's just a position that's not very consistent. So now let's look into how consistent these tight ends were last year. Um, now, based on the t- the 12 tight ends that I mentioned that finished in the top 12, this is how many weeks they finished as a tight end one. So look at Travis Kelsey, 14 out of 16 weeks, he was a tight end one, which was the most consistent tight end we've had um, last season. Darren Baller had nine weeks, he was a tight end one. Logan Thomas had eight. Robert Tunyon had eight. TJ Hawkson had eight. Mark Andrews had eight. Mike Jasicki had four. Rob Gronkowski had seven. Noah Fant had four. Hayden Hurst had eight. Dalton Schultz had four. And Hunter Henry had seven. So looking at that, I'm actually kind of surprised that Robert Tunyon had eight weeks as a tight end one. Logan Thomas. I mean, that's how that's how volatile this position is. Like the to one of the weeks, I can't remember it was like week week ten or week eleven. The to qualify for being a tight end one for that week, the tight end scored like eight point three fancy PPR points. Like that's that's pretty bad, right? So when when a tight end one gets a couple receptions and for a few yards, but gets eight points, and then that's considered a tight end one. That's just a massive drop off of what a Travis Kelsey can do and a Darren Waller can do compared to that. So it's one of those things where tight end, it's it's a very hard position to figure out because there's a certain prime age that these tight ends usually come into their own, which is usually around 25, 26 years old. And it all depends on the situation. And you got think about this year with the New England Patriots. You got John U. Smith, when we saw him sign with the New England Patriots, like, okay, that's going to be easy tight end one pick for 2021. But then they go off and they pick up Hunter Henry. And now we've seen the Patriots have support two tight end ones when they had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. And that's kind of what they're probably trying to do with um, their offense. because That's why their offense was so successful for so many years because they had so many mismatches in, up the scene with their tight end position. But if you look at this list, if you didn't have Darren or uh, Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, I mean, how was the tight end position for you, though? Like, who did you have? Because do you feel like the tight end that you had actually helped you win? Was it just you're playing musical chairs trying to find the best tight end? Because most most teams in your fantasy leagues will only carry one tight end unless you have two really good tight ends that you're just trying to keep from your other teammates or your league mates. But it's just one of those things where we're getting to the point where, like, even my league is talking about getting rid of tight ends. And so... What is your league doing? Is your league trying to keep your tight end position? Is your is your league trying to like what what are what are some of the changes that are being made? Because you know I actually liked having the tight end. I'm the one who's always going to vote for having a tight end. I think that that's the challenging part of it. You don't like if you don't have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or somebody like that. It makes it more challenging where you need to you really really do your homework on guys that could possibly do well, and then guys who do break out. You know, there's going to be times where a tight end will break out for one week. You pay all your fab for them, and then they do nothing the rest of the year. I mean, 
that's that that's the the interesting thing and the fun thing about fantasy football is allowing yourself to be able to make those right calls and and find guys that are diamonds in the rough that actually will you know do well for your team because nobody nobody drafted logan thomas last year robert tunyon um let's see dalton schultz obviously was a was a waiver wire pickup hayden hurst was and hayden hurst and like tyler higby were two of my like sleepers and like i said hayden hurst i mean he didn't do bad he was a, still a tight end one he finished at the fantasy tight end one but now his value is down because kyle pitts is now in atlanta so just a very interesting uh just revolving door when it comes to tight ends and who's going to be up there this year because i mean if you look at kind of how they have them right now um, for 2021 is that they have still travis kelsey is the number one number one guy i mean you got travis kelsey is one george kittles two darren waller's three mark andrews four so those are like your typical top tight ends that we're going to be from last year to this year. And then TJ Hawks is up there at five. Known fan. There's Hunter Henry, um, which is interesting to have Hunter Henry above John, John U. Smith, but you know he's he has more of a track record for being a good tight end. Logan Thomas is there. Evan Ingram, Robert Gronkowski. So, you know, it just depends on you know based based on your, how your league's set up. Now, this is just a, this is just based on right now early rankings, and there doesn't really mean that this is the the final rankings, but it's just something to look at as one reference I'm looking at. So um, it's one of those things where from a, from a fancy analyst and a fancy player, I would just stay away from tight end. I would stay away from getting somebody and, and, and using so much draft equity on a tight end. If you can't get a Kelsey or a Waller or a George Kittle, you got you to weigh out the options. Who, who are you giving up to get those guys? And then, can you just find a guy you can plug in? Cause you're going to find some diamonds in the rough next year. So uh, that's, that's it for the, the tight end position. And um, let me know what you think. Let me know if there's some details that when you look at a tight end position, do you try to go for that Travis Kelsey or do you try to use your skills as a, as a fancy player to find those diamonds in a rough because everyone has their own different strategies, but um, I appreciate you guys listening today. Now, like I said, don't forget to send all your fantasy football questions to chip at gridironfantasyfootball.com. Now, I'll always leave the email down in the description on the YouTube channel. So if you want to hit me up on the email, go for it. Um, if you want to try to, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at gridironfantasyfootball. If you want to find us over on Twitter and Facebook, we're at the Gridiron Pod. But uh, that's it for today. Um, so please like, sh- you know, like, comment, share this with anybody that you know that will be interested. And please hit subscribe. And then on the next episode... Uh, I'm start going to my my early rankings for 2021. Now that we have the draft, and now I've done this series, now I'm gonna start doing the rankings. I'll be doing a ranking show next week. Start with the quarterback position, so make sure you don't miss that. Um, so until then, thank you for listening, and we'll see y'all in the next episode. Take care.